Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You're at your favorite spot, the best podcast on the planet. The place where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, the responses are never dull. And today we have Deborah Blake Dempsey from New Hampshire. Uh, I was just talking to her brains about the weather. You know, it's global warming. I don't care if y'all don't believe it. I believe it. Uh, a hurricane down there does that. Okay, but she's also a storm. She is a force herself. She is a life strategist. She is the CEO of Human Being Human. What does that mean? We take that for granted, or maybe we've lost touch with what that means. Again, she's down there in New England. Uh, she is a student of the International Coaching Federation. She's certified in integrative and holistic life coaching. She's a writer, a speaker, uh, and she works with leadership mastering professionals, leadership. What does that look like in today's world? What is a true leader? Because it seems like I'm seeing a bunch of followers. I'm not seeing a bunch of leaders. So Deborah's going to break it down into bite-sized pieces so we can absorb it all. Welcome her to the show. How you doing, Miss Deborah? I'm fabulous. Thank you so much, April. Thank you so much, Brains, for having me here today. Yes, yes. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. So let's start at the beginning. How do you show up in the world? Oh, I show up um, as a fearless human being who is not quite so fearless, but she's doing it anyway. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. You feeling the fear yet doing it anyway. I am. I am. That is that is how I lead my life. That is how I have um, designed myself in my personal mastery, how mm. I show up, how I think, how I make decisions. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I'm still a scaredy cat. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some things that I just, you know, like I want to paraglide. Okay. Mm. That's on my line. I don't want to jump off the airplane. But I do want to fly over these cliffs uh, and paraglide. But I just don't. I can't say don't. I just I say won't. I won't take that leap. Mm. What do you say to a person that is ready to take that leap of faith, but they're a scaredy cat? You know, it's okay to be scared. And sometimes I think we need to identify what it is that we really want to do. Mm. You may want to paraglide, but if you really pair it back, is that really what you want to do? Or is there something else you really, truly closer to you want to do? No, I really want to do it, but I don't know about, I'm not a very trusting person. Should I say that? It's like from the onset, I don't give people a hundred percent. We started like 75 because there's a margin of error, I'm a person that believes in boundaries and space. Mm-hmm. So fear is a gauge. Fear is something that um, it can, again, paralyze us mm-hmm. or it can be a place of pause. I think I'm more in the place of pause. I'm not paralyzed by it, but I do uh, acknowledge it and I do give it, you know, I do give it credence. Mm. So when well, you're working with the, when you're working with clients that are you know 
afraid of whatever, a leadership mm -hmm. role. Because when you're a leader, a leader is not a dictator, brains. <laughs> a, a leader is a person that is a mentor, that is a navigator, that is a facilitator, that is a, a confidant, a mentor. You know, you want to lead by example. Wouldn't you agree, Deborah? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that comes from leadership comes from knowing who you are, knowing your purpose, knowing um, your vision, knowing your core values, and still being afraid, but doing it anyway. And also making sure that you're collaborating and working with others um, well and know when to step up and lead and know when a leader needs to sit back and lead. Now, you use this big $25 word, holistic. Yes. Incorporate that. You know, holistic for me is the world is so busy, busy, busy. Everybody's telling you who you are, what you need to do, and maybe you're following along. Holistic is getting quiet within yourself. It is finding practices that work well with you, whether you are um, a meditator, whether you do yoga, whether you, you sing, chant, laugh, whatever it is that makes your life that much better. And it's, it's designed by you for you. And you move forward in your world and you keep your center at all times, that most times. Sense. Now, you know, when people say the word holistic, they are thinking in one dimension and they're thinking, oh, okay, well, this is just, you know, some hoo-hoo, this mm -hmm. is some spirituality, but we're talking about the totality of a human being. Absolutely. From head to toe, inside out, left, right, backwards, again, accepting who you are in this space, in this mm -hmm. whole space. So brains, look the word up. Don't just think one thing because that's not true. Because Deborah specializes in humans being human. Tell us about that. We're different. Every individual one of us is different. And it's easy to just go along with what's standard, with what everybody else is doing. But then you find yourself stuck. You find yourself unhappy or irritated, frustrated, angry, whatever your word is. And you're not moving forward. So coming back to your center and identifying what it is that you want, who you are, how you need it, when you need it, defined by you, makes you and your life much more richer. It's how you show up. Well, you know, again, it's how people show up. And girls, sometimes they they, they use this other word. I'm writing mm -hmm. a new book, okay? And the, and the book is called Big $25 Words. Mm-hmm. My husband got mad at me one time because I was talking to him, you know, with big diction. <laughs> Not curse words, but I was using some pretty big words. And he says, don't come talking to me with those big $25 words. And I got to thinking about them. Some of these words are just expanded and exasperated. I mean, like entrepreneur or even the word coach sometimes, you know, be a facilitator, be a concierge. But they get drowned in these words and these cliches uh, at the end of the day. If I hear that one more time or 100%, everything is not 100%. So no. they get attached to these things and they believe that. So when people show up and they say authentic, mm -hmm. girl, sometimes you don't want to see authentic. Folks got their teeth out. They got the wig off. <laughs> they got the attitude on. 
they've been drinking, you know, you don't really want to see who they are. So they send in their representative. And when they send in their representative, it's hard to peel back the layers, what is fact and what is fiction. Mm-hmm. What do you say to the person that's living the imposter syndrome? You know, that's why I named my company Human Being Human. Mm. It is about recognizing who you truly are. The imposter is really trying to live up to other external expectations and never having invested the time to invest in who am I? Who am I today? Who do I want to be? Sometimes who 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 was I? Where did I come from? But not too much on that. Who am I today and where I want to be? And transitioning from from that and getting real, real, real. And not not who my my parents or who raised me expected me to be, who who they expect me to be at work, who my my friends expect me to be, but you yourself, the individual. That's how you show up. That is being human. And the imposter syndrome is typically the voices that's not your own. Mm, speak and on this. This work is about truly drilling down. This is the mastery. This is personal mastery. Drilling down who are you. Mm-hmm. And if it's okay to wear the wig and, and the makeup and the whatever. Oh, now you're so, just going to call me all out, huh? <laughs> I'm not calling anybody out. Listen, we, kidding, we, we have to present as we present. That's if right. that is who you are, if that is how you feel fabulous, stand proud in that say yes to you but if you're doing it and you you're like i'm uncomfortable this suit's too tight but everybody else is wearing it mm-hmm. that's not you that's the imposter trying to tell you who you are rather than you saying you know what i really want to wear flats and and flannels and and be comfortable and that's all right and you can be strong and powerful just like that because you're being you but when you say that, that's very in in alignment with what's going on now with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Absolutely. Because as you enter into the workforce of leadership, absolutely, okay, you are going to uncover and discover a lot of things that weren't in the manual. Okay. Absolutely. You got people with gender preferences. You got people with pronoun preferences. You got people with abilities and disabilities. You got people that want to work from home. How are you going to be able to mentor and mold them if you're not, you know, V2V, face-to-face? You can only do so much um, with uh, with Zoom and those type of things. I get it. But then you got that hard charger. Girl, you got that sister that's got that tight pencil skirt and then red bottom shoes and that Birkenstock bag, but she's still struggling because now she's the overachiever. Mm -hmm. So the other side, you got some that don't think that they're worthy. And then you got some that's, you know, putting it on steroids. How does she create a balance? Mm -hmm. It, it goes back to personal mastery. It goes back to understanding who you, you are. Mm-hmm. but also not being so invested in what they are doing mm. that it disrupts you right that's the leadership that's the leadership i'm good here you're good there excellent there's no threat between us mm. i can respect your process you can accept accept my my way if we can do that and figure out how to work together and lead together 
and master individually ourselves, life can be so much better because there's there's only opportunity for learning and growing. But you don't have to compromise yourself. And if you don't want to wear the red bottom shoes, because you know, those are pricey, nice. Okay. But but pricey, but you don't have to do that. You can equally wear a $20 pair of shoes and be equally as powerful and fabulous as that other person. It's the noise that we have going on that's telling us we need to be other than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what starts really dragging us down. That takes us out of our leadership at home, at work, wherever we are. And when you know you, it doesn't matter. Arena doesn't matter. Where you're sitting, where you're practicing doesn't matter. When you're you, you can be a CEO. You could be somebody, you could be the person who's checking me out at my grocery store, just being fabulous. Right, right. Because you are you and powerful no matter where you are. But so many people have created the paradigm and the shape of who they are because it has been dictated to them by others. I, I know. You, yes, got the, you got the mama in this here. You got the Aunt Martha over here. You got the spouse over here. And then you look at yourself and you never do the mirror work. I've been mm-hmm. telling all my guests, girl, I did some mirror work a couple weeks ago. And I just thought I had it all together. I cried like a baby. Because it was somebody else I met. Mm-hmm. Your subconscious mind, there's six or seven people back there that I had never been introduced to. And hey, how you doing? You know, come forward. Let's have this conversation. Let's meet up at a place of understanding and wisdom, and growth and prosperity. You know, and it's scary because, again, you're meeting someone else. You know, again, I've always been sending my representative. Now I have to show that authentic person, that authentic self. And it's very vulnerable and it's nerve wracking and it's scary. That's the fear. So you have a wonderful business. And I love how you say it is a a boutique uh, coaching company. So that's small, yet intimate and very personal. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the framework and how you came up with this. You know, I spent over 28 years in healthcare administration mm. and it was a stable, wonderful job. I went through many different eras. I worked with patients. I worked with the executive chiefs of service. I worked with everybody. What I recognize is that a lot of us are wearing that um, uncomfortable suit of expectation. And after a while, I recognized that I wasn't living in my purpose, sitting in my passion, doing what I'm good at. And what I'm good at is working with people, having an open mind and an open heart towards who they are. And I recognized that as the years went by, more people were depressed irritated, frustrated, stuck, lost. And I began personal mastery many years ago. I was already in my leadership roles and struggling and then figuring myself out. I'm like, oh, open my eyes. But personal mastery helped me get to my leader, to become a strong leader. And I recognize that that's a part of what's people struggling is that they don't know themselves and they're projecting who they believe everybody else thinks they are but it's not who they are and so I stepped away from that because we have one life to live we don't know when our 
our date, time, or moment of our last link is going to be. And so to pay more attention to the pressures of everybody else in society and gender roles or what, whatever, whatever it is in your life, life is too short to be paying so much attention to everything and everyone else than to yourself. So for me, the framework is it's time to get real, to settle, to think about yourself, not exclude the rest of your life. It only enhances it, but to really sit within yourself and ask yourself, who am I? What do I want? How do I want it? Why do I want it? What does it look like? Map that bad boy out and then do the work because it's important and you're committed to creating the life that you want to live and being the person you want to be for the rest of your life, even on hard days. Even on hard days. Do you have children, Deborah? I have no children. You got a little puppy. You got uh, nieces and nephews? I have nieces and nephews. Yep. Okay. So you're the cool auntie. Aunties aunties are the best. They're not (laughs) the mom. They're not the sister. They're not the cousin. They're the confidant. They're the auntie. But what yep. are you pouring into to your nieces and nephews about personal mastery? Because this needs to be in the formative years, just like teaching to read, to write, to speak. It's being accountable. It's mm-hmm. showing up. It's doing the work. It's the follow through. It's the mm-hmm. paying it forward. Yep. And then starting at the beginning and doing it all over again. Yep. You know, it's... I. <laughs> This really doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter for this. Mm-hmm. Every generation has their tough points. Mm-hmm. So the number one thing for me is to listen to what they're going through. I can kind of lean on my stuff, my upbringing, but it's not the same. But yeah. really ask them the questions. What's going on? Why is that important for you? How can you overcome this obstacle? And sit with it, no judgment, and be a champion for them and not judge what they say. Just because it's not something I may want to do, whatever their dream is, I'm never going to crush their dream because I don't know. They know, and they are living in this time. So the only thing. And and I I just want to stop you right there because, and I'm going back to the youth because, again, they don't know. They Mm. don't know what lies. And this is my opinion. You know, I'm 61 years old, okay? So Mm -hmm. mother has lived, (laughs) okay? Uh, And it is very different. Mm -hmm. History repeats itself. And there has to be a foundation. There has Mm -hmm. to be some grounding to give them some direction. I had a woman on my show a couple weeks ago. She's an unruler and an unschooler. Mm -hmm. Girl, I wouldn't take her kids to a dog fight. (laughs) They were... they don't look like they don't run a comb through the head, like they done took a shower. She lets them curse, you know. They go to school if they want to, if they don't want to, and all, you know, just to let them live their life. Well, no, there's got to be some sort of direction. So I understand what you're saying, and also when you use the word judgment, mm-hmm. another one of those words, judgment doesn't have to be negative. Judgment can come from a place of experience, you know. A, a, but they don't always. But they don't always feel as it, they don't always feel as if your experience is just the story of experience. It comes off more as judgment to them. So sometimes they shut down 
because they feel as if you are judging them. But rather that's where than that leadership comes in, and it's it the del- and it's the delivery. Yes, a lot more listening than it is talking. Yes, yes, and sometimes it's not it's not so much like well, when I was younger, sometimes it's taking a step back, even if it's your story. You just kind of tell the story like objection, like like objectively, give them a story, and then give them a space, and ask them a question about their situation. And not say, this is what you need to do, but give them that moment to say, well, what would you do now? Oh, I gave you a story of other situations and other other choices. I'm not telling you what to do, but what can you see you doing in this situation? Sticking it out, doing something different, asking somebody to help. What can you do? Let them build it because that makes them feel like they have ownership. You see them, you heard them. You respect their process and you're not just coming from, well, I've done, I've gone through all these experiences. Yes. Yes, And we have, and it's awesome, but now it's a different, it really is a different world that they're dealing with. So some of that is like, we need to like sit back and listen and then figure out how our stories can help them in a non-judgmental way. They're, if they're going to shut down, you don't want that. But in a way that opens their mind to say, oh, I didn't think about it like that. Mm-hmm. Now that you said this, now I think I can take these steps or connect with these people. And you didn't judge them. You just kind of open the door of their thoughts so that they can move forward. And then you can go, that's fantastic. Yeah. And now they feel you saw me, you heard me, you, you're validating me. But sometimes you're lying. <laughs> I hear some of these stories yeah like that is the biggest bunch of baloney I've ever heard of hogwash but sometimes I, you have to say that too yeah but you know what but what I have I've learned is that uh okay I had another guest uh, mm-hmm. and she came on my show and I've been married 39 years okay madly in love with my husband and she wants, she's about 24, 25. She wants to be a guest and she wants to talk about relationships. Old enough that it had a long-term relationship. But what she did educate me on is the world of building relationships now. This online dating, catfishing, you know, uh, cyber this, YouTube, face, all this, you know, sex texting and all. It, again, like you said, it's a whole new world. So what I have to do is I have to expand my capacity and my bandwidth to be able to let that pour into me and to learn. So even yeah. though I thought it was hogwash and baloney, I came back with a very real, very tangible uh, education. Absolutely. So we can't discredit them. And, you know, the, the younger generation, the millennials, they want a different mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking now about the political landscape. Do you want 80 and 85 year olds? No, I'm 60. I, I don't, you know, you, you've had your time. You've done that. I need somebody that's progressive. I need somebody that's going to handle this climate change. That's going to, you know, get us electric cars that are going to move us into the future with sustainable food. The earth is depleting and yeah. we still going with the same old, same old. Yeah. Okay, so now we've done all of the, the basic uh, work. We've laid the groundwork to mm-hmm. where we are. What does leadership look like in today's environment? 
And that could be leadership in your home, in your church, in your school. What does a, a, a true leader, what, um, what skill sets and what abilities should they hold in today's mm. environment? Yes. Um, you need to, you need to understand, um, your ego. Mm. One. Um, you need to understand you, the reasons why you are a leader or you've been asked to be a leader. You need to understand how you show up as a leader. If you're inclusive, you want to hear everyone, um, uh, or most everyone's, uh, opinions or assessments, or if you want to be the one who tells everybody what to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. depending on where you work in and what you're doing either one may work but I guarantee when you have more of a collaborative inclusive leadership style you get more done you get more engagement but being a leader also means knowing when to step back and not stand in the way of the other people who are supporting you and allow them to lead because there's not one leader. That's right. No matter where you are, there's not one leader. Like even in like within my marriage with my husband, depending on what it is, he leads or I lead. Right. And it depends on skill set. There's some things that I'm not good at, and he has to take point on it. And I need to step back and go, okay, and vice versa. That's leadership, recognizing and collaboration. Yes. Recognizing where you're strong, where you're weak, asking for help, even if it's uncomfortable, um, not feeling you got to do everything, learning how to delegate, accepting, understanding that mistakes and failures are not mistakes and failures. Those are opportunities to learn. And that's the road of success. That's right. You have to go through that. Absolutely. No matter what it is. As you were talking, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I don't want to be that black woman that they just tick the box. I want yeah. to pick and seat at the table. Yes. I yes. want to be an influencer. I want to be an impactor. These people that yes. are busy, busy doing what? Yes. Are you creating impact? Are you changing the minds of others? Are people listening to you? Do they want to follow you? Do they want to collaborate with you? You know, all these things are great, um, great things to have in your arsenal as a leader and also mm -hmm. being able to accept responsibility when you make a mistake. Absolutely. That's you huge. know, Hey, that probably wasn't the best decision, but that's where I was at this time. I've learned from it. Let's move forward. Let's make corrective action. People appreciate that. But when you got this dictator attitude that, Oh no, everything I do is fine. And no, it, it, it was your fault. It wasn't my fault. Or it wasn't executed properly. You know, you're going to lose people. You are that's the part, people. Absolutely. That's the part of understanding your ego. That's understanding how do you respond when things go wrong, when things are great, when things are challenging. If you if you're you you operate from a center of blame, you're gonna make things much tougher for the people who want to support you. And whether you're at work and all of a sudden you have high turnover, or you're at home and let's say it's your your teenage kids and they're like. I'm just going to stay in my room and play my game because you're not listening. Right. You're not, you're, I want to, I want to collaborate. I want to give input, but you're not listening. So the leadership is, I'm not going to listen to you. Those who could stand up as leaders and be support and make things great, shut down work or Thank home. You. 
And you use my favorite word a few times, ego. Mm. Now, I have an ego coach. Can you believe that? Oh, yes. Oh, good for you. And I've worked with her for two and a half years. And let me tell you some of the things that she has taught me is mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. And it is how to position the ego, how to manage it, but also how to love it and how to nurture it and how to feed it and give it what it wants. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people suppress things that once that top comes off that container, they explode. They get nuclear. So if you see someone that likes to be, you know, uh, whole court, let them whole court in a meeting five or 10 minutes. That's their time. Let their ego be stroked. Someone that likes to be praised. Somebody that likes to be rewarded. Sometimes you have to feed into people's ego and give them what they want. Mm-hmm. And you would be surprised at what is uncovered. However, managing your own and being able to read and know what your triggers are and know what your underlying intention is, brains. You know, I always tell the story too. My mother was not one to say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That wasn't that she didn't, she wasn't remorseful for what she did, but she said that the words, I'm sorry, are empty and shallow. She said, you can't do something. You already knew what your intention was, you know, from the get, from the get go. And then you turn around and say, well, I'm sorry. Or someone says, I want an apology. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I, you know, I'll give you an apology, but is it sincere? She said, what is important is your sincerity and your corrective action that you don't do it again. You acknowledge it, but those mm-hmm. words, you can't shoot my child and say, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. and I'm truly sorry. You can't rob me of my, you know, 401k that I've worked 25 years for and say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, those those words don't matter. So it took me a long time to kind of understand that. But then when I did hear her say that she was sorry to a couple people, it was like, it was an aha moment. Yeah. So, and I, I thought that that was her ego too. I thought that she was kind of being pompous and all this kind of stuff, but no, it was a true sincerity to that. So I appreciate that. So before we close, I always like to ask my guests some fun personal questions about them. Oh, you ready? I'm ready. If you were a sports car, what car would you be? Sports car. Oh, let's go with the hot orange Lamborghini. You want a Lambo? I was thinking you'd probably say a vet. I thought you, I could see you in a vet. Oh no, no, I'm going for that Lambo. <laughs> you want a Lamborghini? Okay, I get it. If you were a flower in the garden, what flower would you be? A lily. A lily. Oh, they're sweet. Yeah, that's part of my grandmother's name. So, yeah. I love that. Uh, if you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be? I'd be a blender. <laughs> you like to mix it up? Come on, mix it up. <laughs> I say, I always say I want to be the refrigerator because I just want to chill. <laughs> nice. I just want to keep it cool. I just want to chill. You have three magical wishes. Anything, just anything, what would they be? Oh, unlimited access to books, um, travel um, anywhere easily um, and safely, happily, and um, um, health and well-being for everyone I love. Well, I'm hoping you're loving me. (laughs) I love you too. Come on. (laughs) And what would you tell a 25-year-old Deborah Blake Dempsey? Oh, 25-year-old, you know what? You are stronger, smarter, and more confident than you think you are. Mm, mm, mm. And 
even when you're scared, do it anyway. And in closing, Deborah, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, um, you know what? I would like my legacy to be people finding a way to find peace inside their themselves and to be real every day. When it's great, when it's hard, they're all right. They're settled. They've mastered themselves. They lead their life self-defined. That's a big ask, right? Mm -hmm. I think you can color in the white space. Yes. Take it in bite-sized pieces. Take it in increments. Work with someone great like Deborah Blake Dempsey that's doing the work. She's mm -hmm. continuously evolving too. You know, a lot of times you look at others and you say, oh, that person's got it all together. Well, you know, well, we struggle. Mm -hmm. Struggle is real every mm -hmm. day. But that's a part of the process. If we don't understand the struggle, we won't understand what the praise and the reward is on the other side. Okay. And if you don't go through the fire, you know, you're not, you're not going to know. So Deborah, please tell my brains how to get in contact with you, how to work with you, how to follow you on social media so that they can, you know, get woke. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my website, come visit me. My website is humanbeinghumanllc.com. Or if you don't remember that, use my name, deborahblakedempsey.com. Um, on September 28th at 12 o'clock Eastern, I have an hour masterclass called Three Keys to Unlocking Personal Mastery. And if you're looking to follow me on social media, I am on Twitter and on um, Instagram, and I am at Deb the Wise. I hope to see you, brains. I hope brains. to see you. And tell her I sent you. Go check it out. I tell you guys all the time, my guests give you these amazing free opportunities. Of, and those are two words I don't like. I don't like free and I don't like cheap. Okay. Because everything in life is going to cost you. Everything in life, your time, your energy, your self-respect, your dignity, your money, everything. So the word free, you better take advantage of it. And cheap, I don't want none cheap. I want it affordable, discounted, reasonable, on sale. But don't mm -hmm. say, oh, that's cheap. Because I don't even mm -hmm. like how that lay on my tongue. <laughs> but Deborah is free, but she ain't cheap. Go in. Take a listen, understand what personal mastery is, get back to humanity, understand what a human is to be human. No false expectations, no lies, no trickery, just showing up pure, raw, and authentic. Thank you so much, Deborah. I think you are the queen of the human being. I do, I do. Uh, brains go in you see this address right here right here do you see that it is in your face you can't miss it i need you to love like share and subscribe love like share and subscribe mm -hmm. read the charm love like share and subscribe thank you so much deborah you are so cool and uh mm -hmm. everything's gonna be fine with the hurricane and if you need an escape just come on down here to california down to san diego i'm here for you don't say that. I may just be. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. I'm here for you. All right, Brains. Take it easy. We love you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Brains.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.